Welcome to Word of Life Podcast. We believe in loving God, loving people, and changing lives. For more information about Word of Life and how you can connect and be a part of it, please visit wordoflifechristian.org. Amen, amen, amen. Tell your neighbor I'm happy to be in the house of the Lord today. Come on, now tell the other neighbor that's smiling at you, I'm happy to be in the house of the Lord today. We understand that this is the greatest place we can ever be, right? Is when we are with the Father, when we're celebrating, when we're honoring, when we're encouraging, when we're sharpening. When you come into the house of the Lord, this is sidebar for a moment. When you come into the house of the Lord, I want to encourage you. Say hi to somebody. Meet somebody you don't know, right? Put a smile on your face. Amen? Thank you. (laughs) He's waving at me over there. All right? God's called us to do life together. You cannot do life together if you blow in and blow out, as my father used to say. Amen? Now, I do want to say something. Pastor Barbara's not sitting right there, so uh, you guys can just confirm this with her later. If my father were here today, the founding uh, senior pastor of this ministry, many of you know that uh, uh, he loved God emphatically. He loved my mother, his wife, emphatically. But there was always something significant that happened, uh, whether it was a Christmas or a birthday or an anniversary. And what it was is that every time something happened and, and Pastor Barbara got gifts or she got anything given to her, part of that was his, right? And so I just want to carry on that legacy in that regard. So make sure you guys confirm that with her when you see her, all right? Make sure Pastor Michael gets part of that legacy. Amen? Everybody's like, stop it. Listen, uh, I wasn't able to be here last Sunday. Thank you for your prayers. My father, uh, my other father is doing better. Um, But I just want to remind you, uh, we were talking about going deeper two weeks ago on Sunday morning. uh, And this morning, we will continue there uh, and and, and into this evening as the Lord uh, directs. I want to make sure that you remember something very great that everything in the kingdom of God has purpose everything in the word of God has purpose and a lot of times the situations and the circumstances of our life have purpose that we don't even realize amen a lot of times the things that we go through the things that we face are preparation or they're doors of opportunity to make sure that our life is getting in line with the word getting in line with our father making sure that it's a place of growth it's a place sometimes we feel like the stumbling blocks in life are failures and we can never get past them but we have to remember something that's not what God intended for our life there are many things in our life that will cause us to fall will cause us to stray away cause us to to get distracted but in those moments we must remember that God can use anything for his glory amen God can use anything for his glory when you look throughout the Bible you see men and women challenged struggling hurt broken frustrated angry disappointed and yet in all of those moments you see where our father comes in and he completely turns things around when what when there's a pursuit, when there's a repentance, when there's a heart shift that says, God, I need you. When they stopped trying to do it on their own, when they stopped trying to take care of it, when they stopped trying to figure it out, but they went back to the Father, everything turned around. 
Hear me this morning. I want you to understand something that that God didn't bring us here by accident. You're not a part of this ministry by accident. You're not here visiting by accident. You're not engaging online by accident. Everything that God wants to do in and through our life is about our relationship with him. It's about our pursuit of him. It's about our surrender to him. It's about our commitment to him. It's about saying no more about me but everything about you everything about you God loves you he loves me he loves us amen and because of that he has something in store for us that we can't even recognize at times or feel worthy of at times hear me this morning the lie of the enemy is God said this but I'm not good enough for it the lie of the enemy is as God said, said this in his word, but that was for somebody else because I'm not the right, I'm not the right person. I, I didn't come from the right background. I haven't lived the right life. I'm not the right color of skin. I don't have the right amount of hair or color of hair, you know, or my head's too shiny or whatever. If you're bald, don't get offended. God loves you. Right, Irvin? He's my brother. I can mess with him. God's plans, God's season, God's timing are always on the right time. Our schedule will say, where are you, God? Our timing will say, God, you've forgotten about me. Our timing will say, God, it's not possible anymore because it hasn't happened. But everything in God's season and God's timing is perfect. Amen? Now, we can hold back the things that God wants to do by our disobedience. Amen? by our turning away from, by our saying, uh, I need it on my time, I need it, you know, you've heard me say often from this platform about uh, that, that country song and, and they put it all over the Christian radio and, and it was Carrie Underwood, uh, Jesus take the wheel, right? And often many times that you've heard me say that it's Jesus take the wheel until you don't turn the way I want you to turn, when I want you to turn, or go at the speed I want you to go at. And, 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 and a lot of times in our life we're expecting God to do something in our lives and he's just waiting on us he's just waiting on us we're like God where are you he's like uh have you read my word uh do you know the principles I put in place uh do you know the promises I've given you do you see the lives of others you know you know often uh we read the Bible just to read it and it's very transactional which is I read the word of God today so I did my duty or service as a Christian as a son or daughter so I'm good when really when we're reading the word of God it shouldn't just be about checking off something it should be God what do you want to say to me today God what do you have for me today God what can I learn today God what can I apply today God what in this word did you save just for me today what can I read today that I didn't get the revelation of before but I can get the revelation now when I get the revelation now it's an on time word and when it's an on time word breakthrough happens deliverance happens and healing happens all in God here I am God speak God what do you have too often very transactional with our father it's I read now do my list here's my list I need my house I need my car I need my job 
I need uh, more money. I need, I need, I need X, Y, Z. I, I need, I need the people that are uh, uh, talking so badly about me to stop talking badly about me. But I don't want to pray for them. But anyway, thank you, Jesus. I need, I need, I want, I want, I want. Jesus said, "Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done." In Matthew six. What about what he wants? Because when we take care of what he wants, he'll always take care of what you want, right? Because Matthew 6, 33, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, right? Put him first, prioritize him, and everything else will work itself out. Amen? Go with me uh, to the word of God. Uh, I'm going to jump on you guys. I know I gave you the scriptures, but I'm going to jump on you just a little bit here. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 9 this morning. I'm going to, uh, you can write down verses 11 through 28. I'm not going to read all of it, uh, but I am going to read some of it. So, uh, and, and I want you to follow along with me. I'm reading out the New Living Translation in this particular passage. But in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 11, so Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered the greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands and is not part of this created world. Verse 12, with his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever. Verse 13, under the old system, the old covenant, the law, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. Verse 14, just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. Jump down to verse 19. For after Moses had read each of God's commandments to all the people he took the blood of calves and goats along with water and sprinkled both the book of God's law and all the people using hyssop branches and scarlet wool verse 20 then he said the blood confirms the covenant God has made with you and in the same way he sprinkled blood on the tabernacle and on everything used for worship verse 22 in fact according to the law of Moses nearly everything was purified with the blood for without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness Jump down to verse 26. If that had been necessary, Christ would have to die again and again. And it talks about how when Christ died, he died once and for all. But it says in verse 26, he would have had to die again and again ever since the world began. But now, once for all time, he has appeared at the end of the age to remove sin by his own death and sacrifice. Amen. So we understand that in the old covenant, there was this constant sacrifice. And only the priest could go into the holy or holies or known as the presence of God. And, and it was only the high priest. And they would go once a year and they would make a sacrifice on behalf of the people to atone for the sins, for the cleansing and the purification process but when Jesus came he went as the final sacrifice amen he went as the final payment what he did is he put us in right standing with God he now allowed us access to a place that we didn't have access it says he's now in heaven at the right hand of the father the Bible says interceding for you and I because of why because he made the final payment and he said he went into the best place right talking about heaven right the, the greatest place the place that's not made by human hands and so what we must remember if heaven 
is our destination and we understand that we want to get there, then there's going to be some things along the way that we must do. But number one, the very first thing we must do is accept the fact that you cannot pay the price for your own sins. You cannot make sacrifices. You cannot buy God. The only thing you can do is accept the fact that Jesus shed his blood once and for all for you and I so that we can be put in right standing with God. And when we get put in right standing with God, we now have access to our Father. Access. We now don't just just get to get in the room with him. We get to be right next to him. We get to be at his feet. We get to be at his table. We no longer get to know about him, but we get to know him. Amen. We no longer get to help somebody else tell us how good he is or what it's like to be in the holy of holies or what it's like to be in the presence of God. We now get to experience for ourselves what that is like and he loves every moment of it. But what we must do is stop disqualifying ourselves from being in his presence. Because my Bible says that when he did shed his blood, when he did pay the price, that he did not disqualify any of us from accepting that free gift of salvation, that payment. He did not disqualify any of us from being able to, to walk through that, that, that simple method uh, according to Romans that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that we too can be saved. He didn't exclude any of us, Jew or Gentile, the Bible says, but everyone has the right. You have the right. It's just up to us if we decide to accept it. Take it, you know, I was telling somebody the other day, if, if I put a plate of food in front of you at a table and you tell me you're hungry and I say, here's a plate of food and you choose not to eat that food, you're gonna stay hungry. And whose fault is that? It's yours. It's not mine. I put the food there for you. I made sure, it was, well, Desiree probably actually put the food there for you, right? <laughs> but the food's there. All you gotta do is pick up your fork Take your knife, start cutting the steak. All you got to do is put it in your mouth, right? And then what happens? The hunger goes away. That, that, that pain, the hangriness goes away, right? How many of you are hangry people? The rest of you, repent right now. I can get hangry. We have one child that gets really hangry. Uh, um, if all my children were in here, they'd start pointing fingers. It's that bad. Um, But we must understand that as God has given us something, as he's given us access, as as he puts things in motion, it is up to us with what we do with that. Amen? It is up to us because when you go over to Hebrews chapter 10, right, you go over one chapter and you look at verses 19 through 29, write them down. We're not going to read them all, but I want you to read this in your own time. And it says in verse 19, And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of why? Come on. One, two, three, read it. Because of? Because of the blood of Jesus. That's a little different translation. It's okay. We had some technical difficulties with our computer this morning. I'm reading to you out of the New Living Translation. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place 
because of the blood of Jesus. That means that I'm not coming in, God, am I good enough? God, God, God are you sure I can get in there? God, God I, I don't know. You, know. you know, the enemy's told me I'm not good enough and, and that I don't, I don't know enough about your word and I don't know about nothing about you and I haven't been to church long enough and I don't raise my hands the right way and I don't tilt my head the right way when they sing and when they're playing. You know, I don't, I don't cringe up and, you know, I don't feel goosebumps all the time and, you know, I'm not really good enough, God. That's not what it says. It doesn't say that. He's not a God of religion. He's a God of relationship. He's a God of principle. He's a God of order. He's a God that said, I love you enough. I put something in place. All you have to do is follow after me. Verse 20, by his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, verse 22, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Verse 23, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting Him. You know why we can't go into the presence of God fully trusting Him? Because oftentimes we put man in place of God, and when man lets us down, we think God let us down. Listen to me. It's out of order if I go to Pastor Richard and expect him to be my savior. It's out of order if I go to Pastor Richard and he doesn't do what I want him to do or things don't happen the way I think it should and then I blame God because a man let me down. Because if we're really honest, a lot of times the expectations we put on people aren't even according to the word of God. They're selfish things that we just demand and we want God to be a genie in a bottle and we want people to be a genie in a bottle and everything that we're doing is we're breaking the very covenant that God put in place for us so that we can fulfill the very call that he has in our life so that we can be a light unto the mist of darkness. He's a good God. He's a good father. He has purpose. He has destiny for every one of us. But he has principles in place that we cannot turn our backs on and expect something to shift or change. Every one of us have had opportunities where we're like, I know you're real, God, but. I know you're real, God, but. I know you love me, God, but. And we forget that he's a God of his promises. He's a God that's fulfilled them. And, he, and, he, and, 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 and you know, it's kind of like um, when you got dared to do something and it was you and a buddy, right? You're like, well, you do it first and I'll do it. No, you do it first and I'll do it. I double dog dare you. I triple dog dare you, right? And you're like, no, 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 you got to do it. And then you'd be like, all right, I'll go first. And you'd act like you're going to go first just to fake them out so that they would go first. Right? You know what I'm talking about. It's like we're trying to do that with God. But the reality is, is he's already gone first. He's already done what he said he would do. He's already put things in motion that would allow us to not just fulfill the call or to, or to be in right standing with, but to do everything that he wants us to accomplish in the earth. And when we walk in obedience and we walk in faith and we walk in trust and we walk in love and we walk in mercy and we walk in grace and we walk in forgiveness and we run after our Father, all 
the other things, the stuff that we think is important, which really means nothing because it won't go with us anywhere and somebody else will fight over it. I seen a meme the other day on social media and it, was, it said, uh, it, it, was, it was bad, but it was true, right? And it had all these people like pillaging through stuff. And it says, what really happens after you go, after you pass, after you die? I was like, oof, so true. We're so enamored with what this world has to offer that we forget that there is a holy place that's better than anything this world can give. The holy of holies that the high priest went into has nothing compared to what heaven has to offer. Now, when we look into the word of God, we understand something that if Jesus did this right, he can be trusted to keep his promises. Verse 26 in Hebrews chapter 10, it says, Dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning after we have received knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. See, when we understand that the covenant that God made with humanity, with us as sons and daughters, when Jesus shed his blood and we accept that and we understand that it puts us into right standing and it gives us access into his presence and access into the Holy of Holies, then we also understand something that if our heart is for that then we will no longer intentionally say God thank you but no thank you what do you mean Michael if I say thank you God for saving my soul but then I never allow my heart to be changed and my mind to be changed and my decisions to be changed and my words to be changed and my life to be changed unless it's convenient or in the setting where everybody agrees then I'm really saying no thank you Lord Verse 29, just think how much worse the punishment will be for those who have trampled on the Son of God and have treated the blood of the covenant which made us holy as if it were common and unholy and have insulted and disdained the Holy Spirit who brings God's mercy to us. Well, that's not me, really. See, I believe today that the Lord wants to speak to all of us. The Lord's been ministering to me even from all of this preparation for today. I never exclude myself from the word of God and you should never either. A lot of times, oh, God's got a word for you. Oh, you need to hear that message. Oh, God's got this for you. God's got, no, he's got it for all of us. We all need to learn. We all need to grow. We all need to look inwardly. But if we're going to go into the presence of God, we must first understand that we have a right to be there. Hear me. Too many times the lie of Satan is you don't have a right. My Bible says you do. If you accept the fact that Jesus' blood was shed for you and I, if you accept that it was the payment, the final atonement, the final sacrifice, and, and it was for the remission of sins, if I believe that, if I accept that, if I confess that out of my mouth, then guess what? I have a right for the access into the presence of God. Amen? You with me? Good. I want you to go with me to Luke chapter, uh, Luke chapter 8 and verse 43. I'm going to read out the Amplified Classic. I'm going to need some volunteers in just a moment. So you can say, oh, that wants to be me. And then I'm going to ask you to run up here in just a moment. Luke chapter 8, verses 43 through 48. And the Amplified read this. And a woman who had suffered from a flow of blood for 12 years and had spent all of her living upon physicians and could not be healed by anyone came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment and immediately her flow of blood ceased. And Jesus said, who is it who touched me when we, were, when we all were denying it? 
Peter and those who were with him said, Master, the multitude surround you and press you on every side. Verse 46, but Jesus said, Someone did touch me, for I perceive that healing power has gone forth from me. Verse 47, and when the woman saw that she had not escaped notice, she came up trembling and falling down before him. She declared in the presence of all the people for what reason she had touched him and how she had been instantly cured. Verse 48, and he said to her, Daughter, your faith, your confidence and trust in me has made you well. Go, enter into peace, untroubled, undisturbed well-being. Right? In verse 46 in the New Living Translation, it reads it this way. But Jesus said, Someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out of me. Oftentimes when we, when we read this story, it's, Oh, God's our healer. He is our healer. But sometimes we look past some simple things that she did that if we would apply would change everything. Jesus is roaming the earth at the time and he's, he's, he, he's preaching the gospel, the good news, and, and he's breaking religion and, and signs and wonders and miracles are following him wherever he goes and, and the crowds would follow him everywhere because they had seen something different. They had heard something different. They had felt something different when they encountered Jesus. And so here's a situation where there is a woman who does not have anything else left in her to do. She's exhausted all of her resources says no one could heal her what does that mean that means she went to a lot of different physicians she went a lot to different people amen Rudy can I borrow you for a second do you mind oh no he wasn't expecting this do you mind just coming up on the platform for me you don't have a skirt on so I'm not going to stick my hand up will you just stand right up there for me can I get like I'm just going to say guys because of what I the demonstration can I get like 20 guys just to run up here real quick come on guys are like the shyest women would have just like <laughs> guys are like bro you going I don't know you going if you go I'll go you know man, I don't know look I said 20 we got like 5 I'm missing some come on run up here there we go hustle up come on come on I'm gonna have to start calling some of you guys come on alright that's not enough so I still need more Look, and that's the other thing. I said, run up here. Guys are like, what's up? <laughs> Trying to look good for your lady. If you're married, you don't got to look good. She's already yours. <laughs> All right. I don't know if we got 20, but I'm not going to count. It's close enough. All right. All right. I'm going to move this out of the way for a moment. Now, why did I pick Rudy? Just so you guys know, I just, I just want a disclaimer here. Jesus was not white. All right? The pictures had to be... It's not possible. Think about where he came from. Think about who he was. He was not white. I'd love to tell you, he wasn't. All right? So, Rudy's got the wavy flowing hair, right? And so, I figured he... I was thinking this morning, I'm like, Lord, who am I going to use to be Jesus? And then I'm like, I hope Rudy's there, right? So... Will you, will you just stand back just a little bit for me? Right there. All right, now I need all you guys to just kind of surround him, but I need more of you out here, right? So a couple of you on the backside, and just surround him over here. Just, just form a bond, shoulder to shoulder, right? All right, come on, jump in here. We might need some more guys. Some of you guys come around the front. Come on, come in here in the front, right in front of him, all right? I might need a few more guys. I need a few more guys, please, hurry. 
Adam, come on, bro. That's my brother from another mother. He's still sitting there. Come on. I was like, Tyrone, what are we waiting on, man? Come on. I'm going to start calling you out. I love you. I need you right now. Come on, Don. Run up here. I know you're a visitor, but you're still my brother from another mother. He said, I'm a visitor. We used to do youth ministry together in this house. He just got released. He's a pastor himself now. So visitor. Lord, forgive you. All right. Come on. A little closer. I'm going to ask you to All right. Rudy won't bite you. I promise. And he won't try to kiss you either. So you're good. Come on. All right. Right there. Right there. Right. Thank you. All right. Here's what's going on. Here's Jesus. Will you face towards the screen, Rudy? Pretty please. Thank you. Just face that way. Thank you. They're all like, oh my goodness. You guys should take their pictures right now just to, just to mess with them, right? Here's Jesus. Here's a crowd of people around him. Now, ladies, I spared you because I didn't want to accidentally elbow you or do something crazy, right? So, here's Jesus. Here's the crowd. I know I'm not a woman, but I'm going to pretend in this moment... And she's at a place of despair. She's at a place of unknown. Because according to the word of God, she's at her wit's end. She doesn't know what else to do. She doesn't know what else will fix her situation because this isn't a day or a week or a month. This is 12 years of bleeding. This is 12 years of infirmity. This is 12 years of pain. Now I understand when we read the word of God, a lot of times we try to read it from a literal sense, which is good, but there's also something that you have to interpret because when God spoke in stories, when Jesus spoke in parables and he did things and stories happened and it's in the word of God, there is more to it so that we can learn and grow from it. Right? And so you must understand something that, that here she is 12 years of nothing changing, 12 years of trying, 12 years of, of, of I've had enough, 12 years of I'll, I'll get some more money together, I'll go to the next best doctor, I'll get some more money together, I'll go to the next city or the next town, I'll get some more money together, and I'll go to somebody else. And everywhere she went, she ran into a wall. She ran into a wall. She could not get what she needed in that moment and then one day things changed one day she knows she hears about this man called Jesus one day she realizes that, that there's someone that people are talking about there's someone that I'm hearing about that, 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 that he's different and, and that when people come to him things happen and, and those that are lame walk and those that are blind are seeing and those that are deaf hear and those that are, are, are demonically uh, uh, possessed get set free and delivered and those that don't have anything to eat all of a sudden he provides food out of nothing or very little I should say and even though she's at her wit's end, she's like, I see him. I see him. There's still some hope left. There's still an opportunity for something that, that maybe, there's just maybe all the things I've heard about this God, maybe all the things I've heard about this Jesus, maybe all the stories really are true, but there's only one way to find out, and that's to get to him. so there he is 
she's over here and she sees that he's surrounded it says the people are pressing him from all sides it says that, that, that one, one translation says that, that they're right next to him right so, so everywhere he tries to go he's got people around him because they all want to be in his presence because of what they've seen and what they've heard and they understand but there's a group of people that still don't believe there's some of us we see the miracles we see the signs we see the wonders we hear the testimonies but a lot of us are, are, are like the other people that say yeah that's just for somebody else oh that can't really happen for me and we discredit who God is because we don't realize that when he paid the price and when he shed the blood and when his body was broken he gave us access not just to salvation but to everything we need physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally and beyond there he is got to get to him and so here she comes but there's a crowd and she has this moment of opportunity to say well I'm close he's there this should be good enough and this is what most of us do we get where we're trying to pursue God and we get to where we see him or we get to where we know we got to be in his presence we know we got to touch him we know we got to sit at his feet but we see the crowd and we're like ah I'll just get in the vicinity of him I'll just get close and nothing shifts and nothing happens and then we get disappointed and we forget that the access that was given was not to get close but it was to get all the way to him so then we start just kind of making our way in and we're like oh I'm getting closer it's getting better but still no one can heal me I've given everything I've done all I know to do and, and I, I, I don't know I should just walk away it's been too hard it's been 12 years it's been 5 months it's been 30 days maybe it's been 20 years I don't and we like, ah, I don't know. And then she starts to work her way in. And, you know, she realizes that there's resistance. And you're like, man, this is tiring. And for 12 years I've fought. And for 12 years I've came up empty. What's going to be different now? Why do anything else? Why don't I just stop? And, and she wants to press. But yet there's opposition. And, and many of us get to this point. We, we break that first barrier. We break that first level. And, and, and we get past those lies. And then the next thing you know, we're like, oh, I'm close. He's going to take care of me. Yeah, he'll take care of us, all right. But we're not close enough yet. And she's like, oh, I got to get in more. And I got to get in more. And everybody scoots closer to him as she comes in. And they're pressing from all sides. And she finally gets to the point where she says, enough's enough. I got him. I got him. I got him. I got him. You guys step that way and step that way. She said, I got him. I got the hem of his garment. Will you open up just a little more for me? Open up a little more that way. And in that moment of pressing, in that moment of not quitting, in that moment of not giving up, the very thing that she needed, the very thing that she longed for, the very thing that she trusted man for, she now realized 
that even in her good doing and even in her pursuit, she was pursuing the wrong place, the wrong person, the wrong direction, the wrong hand, the wrong answer. But once she got to the hem of his garment, it says the blood immediately stopped. Stopped. The 12 years of I don't know when God the 12 years of I'm not worthy God the 12 years of I must not be as good as somebody else God the 12 years of that must be only for other people the 12 years of, of it's not fair the 12 years of this hurts so bad it all stopped in that moment and now she realized something that just getting close is not good enough hear me close enough is not good enough God is calling us in the times and the seasons in our lives and where we're at that we got to push through some hard things we got to stop we got to stop putting our faith in these guys and we got to put our faith in the only one that can destroy everything in our life that can bring healing and restoration deliverance freedom provision but if I just get into the vicinity, I'd never get to touch his garment. I'd never get to sit at his feet. If I let the oppositions that come my way keep me back. Oh man, I'm tired. Just trying and trying. It just is wearing me out and it's not even worth it anymore. Why do I even try? And Moses got his blessing and he got healed and I've been believing God for a long time for my healing and you know it's not fair Freddie you know he, he you know God provided for him and I've been asking God all day all night for weeks on end and, and it's not fair and, 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 and you know I really want to get to the feet of Jesus but I'm just tired of trying because every time I try every time I go to so and so every time I go to church every time I watch a, a service online every time I play some worship music you know I get closer but then what happens is every time I reach where I get closer but then I stop I never go into the presence of God and here's what happens I get so disappointed and so frustrated and so worn out that eventually I just quit I just give up I just give up God must not be real God must not care about me I must not be the right skin color I must not be from the right family I must not be Christian enough. What is Christian enough? The proof of desires and pursuits. You've heard that saying for years in this ministry. The woman with the issue, she was unwilling to let anything stop her from getting to the hem. And when she got to his feet, she got into his presence. The very thing that she needed was taken care of. She didn't have to worry about anybody else saving her. She didn't have to worry about anyone else delivering her. She didn't have to worry about anyone else providing for her. She didn't have to worry about anyone else telling her how great she was or how important she was or how valuable she was. She didn't have to worry about anyone else's approval. Why? Because she was in his presence. And in his presence, will you just put your arms around me? This is what it's like being in his presence. You're protected. You're covered. You're secured. There's peace. 
when she got healing and he sent her away what did he say he said go in peace be untroubled don't be worried thank you don't be worried anymore don't be fearful anymore don't focus on that anymore because I've already taken care of it and when we understand the access that we have to get into his presence then we understand that it's already taken care of. I just got to go deeper. I just got to press a little more. I got to stop letting things distract me. I got to stop letting lies stop me. I got to go deeper. I got to go deeper. Gentlemen, thank you. You guys can head back to your seat. When I read... That's a good sound right there. Men. Come on. Thank you, gentlemen. Jesus said this in John chapter 15. You can read it all one through five. I've read it many times. And you've probably heard it many times, but it doesn't lose its power or authority. Jesus said, I'm the grapevine and my father is the gardener. What was he saying? Because a gardener takes care of the garden, gets the weeds out, prunes the dead stuff off, makes sure that the garden produces as much fruit as possible. The gardener comes in and does everything and stays focused on everything the crop needs. And in this case, he says, I'm the vine. One translation says he's the vine dresser. But Jesus understood something that the very thing that God had called him to do, the very life that God had called him to live, the only way there was success in that was to stay attached to the Father. He says, I'm the vine. My father's the gardener. Grapevine, it says in the New Living Translation. Verse 2 says, he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. He prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. In this moment, if you're confused, that's okay. But he's not really talking about vines and branches. He's talking about people. He's talking about you and I. In that moment, he's talking to the disciples. Goes on to say in verse 3, or I'm sorry, in verse 3, he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. Verse 3, you've already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. By the gospel by the good news, by the word, by the truth, by the scriptures. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. Stay in my presence. Stay connected to me, and I'll stay in you. Here's the thing. You cannot spend time with somebody. You cannot hang out with somebody all the time and be in their home and hang out and go do things together and not start to resemble them in a little bit. You've heard me say it before. When I went to Florida, I never said bro. When I got there, I'm like, what's up, bro? Everything's bro. 
because the guy I worked for, a friend of mine, used to always say bro. And before I knew it, I was saying bro all the time. Jesus knew that if we stay connected to him, if we understand we have the right to stay connected to him, that everything would be taken care of. The things that aren't going well in our lives, the things that don't need to be there, he'll cut them off. The things that, 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 that we understand that have been challenges, he'll take care of. The issues that we feel like will never change, he's the solution. He goes on to say in verse 5, Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I and them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me. What does that mean? Does that mean you can't live in this natural world? No, you can live. You can live it up. You can do your thing. But when that time's done, then what? When you're done living it up on the, everything this world has to offer, then what? When you're done trying to fix it all by yourself and be your own hero or be somebody else's hero, then what? Because see, here's the thing. When we stay connected, when we're in his presence, everything changes. We realize the truth of who he is. We realize the truth of his mercy, his grace, his forgiveness, his love. We realize the truth of when he said that he would never leave me nor forsake me. He meant it. When he said that Jesus' body was broken so that a mind could be made whole, we believe it and we stand on it. It won't be long we'll have a Young lady sharing her testimony. We prayed for her many times. One owner reached out to me the other day. Her name was Bernita Harvey. You may remember that name. But she's going to come and share her testimony at some point. My Bible says that he has no favorites. Romans 2.11, Acts 10.34 he doesn't show favorites that what he did was for all well that doesn't just mean from all that's happening today that means for all that's even happened in the past why because the Bible says he never changes he's the same yesterday today and forever stand with me Jesus made this statement in John chapter 12 and verse 49. I don't speak on my own authority. The Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. He goes on to say in verse 50, and I know his commands lead to eternal life. So I say whatever the Father tells me to say. We talked about a couple weeks ago how Jesus would also often pull himself away in the presence of God God incarnated a man savior of the world walking this earth would pull away to be at the feet of Jesus and at the feet of the father sorry he would pull away 
we see a woman that with all the despair and all the what ifs and all the pain and all the frustrations and the disappointments say I won't stop just getting close but I need to get all the way in and I really feel like the Lord had put on my heart today that many of us have gotten close but we haven't gotten all the way in what do you mean by that? Well, we know about God even come to church once in a while. Might even have the Christian radio station on in your car. But we're not sitting at his feet. We're not spending time in his presence. We're not saying, God, I believe that the access that Jesus gave through the shedding of the blood that we read about in the book of Hebrews 9 and 10 and, and all that he did, I, 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 I know he did it, but, but I'm not really taking advantage of it. And I just, you know, if I just get close, I'll be fine. And then we're hurt, broken, disappointed, frustrated. And some of us are just content. We're content with knowing about him. We're content with saying, yeah, I go to church. We're content with putting on our social media posts a scripture or I'm a Christian or, you know, different things. We're just content. And in our contentness, we never allow the Father to cut and prune. We never allow him to heal and restore. We never allow him to, dis, to set free and deliver. We don't even allow him to save our souls. Because we feel like if I just go, that's all I got to do. We don't believe in our heart and confess with our mouth. Close your eyes with me today. As I was worshiping the altar this morning... I'm just going to throw this in there. Many of you need to start spending time in praise and worship at the altar. There's some that are very excited about doing that and do that with everything in not to please people. Because they, but the altar, I'll remind you, as I often do, in the Bible was a place of atonement. It's a place of sacrifice. It's a place of remembrance. It's a place of celebration. And every time you come and you worship and you dance and you shout and you cry, you're honoring the Father. But as I was worshiping this morning at the altar, I really felt like the Lord said that there's many today that need to press in and they need to get to my hymn. They need to get to my garment. They need to, they need to not be close enough anymore, but they got to go all the way in. And I felt like he said, listen, today the altar represents my garment. It represents the hem of my garment as she pressed through. See, oftentimes in these moments, our mind begins to wonder, what will they think? Maybe you were here on Wednesday night. Great. What a powerful time we had in the Lord. The word came forth. So thankful. People's lives touched. Maybe you're in the middle of your pew and you're like... I really don't want to have to bother these people. Don't worry about bothering anybody. Press through. The woman, she wasn't worried about bothering anybody. 
She was worried about getting to his garment, getting to his feet. She was worried about getting into his presence, not just close enough. What are you saying, Pastor Mike? What I'm saying is this morning, this afternoon, whatever time it is, many of us, there's things in our life that have been disheartening, they've been disappointing, they've been frustrating. They've even brought destruction into our lives. There's many things that we've We've tried to go to others to get it fixed. We've tried to fix it on our own. And we've gone to everyone and everything and everywhere except to at his feet. Except to in his presence. You cannot accept close enough anymore. I cannot accept close enough anymore. Online, you cannot accept close enough anymore. We're in a day and an age and a time and an hour where God has so much to do in this earth, but if you never take the access to get close enough or to get all the way into His presence and not close enough, then you won't fulfill and do the things He's called you to do, and you'll be frustrated your entire life on this earth and disappointed, and you'll begin to believe the lies of the enemy that He doesn't care and He's not the answer. Listen, close your eyes right now. If you're visiting, it's we do this so you're not distracted. I believe there are many in here. And when I say many, I mean many. That you need to get all the way into his garment today. You need to press past the fear press past the worry, press past the opinions, press past the heartaches, press past the brokenness, press past the disappointments, press past everything that's telling you don't do it. Press past and get to his feet today. Get to the hem of his garment. I'm not going to count to three. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. But I'm just going to say this. If you say, you know what, Pastor Michael, the Lord's speaking to me today. And I hear what you're saying. And that's me. I need to get to the hem of his garment. Run down here. Just run. Don't think about it. Just run. Come on. Don't think about it. You're not spectating right now. You're not watching. You're running to the hem of his garment. Or you're praying. This is not a time to look around. Come on. There's many. There's many. You press in. Somebody takes your spot at the altar, find another one. If you don't get all the way to the altar, get to the side, get to the wall, get somewhere this morning and start pressing in. What do you mean, Pastor Michael? Start crying out to the Lord. Start start accepting the access that the blood of Jesus gave you as a son or daughter, as a right. Come on. Come on. Come on. You didn't come for somebody to lay hands on you today. You came to sit at his feet. You came to get to the hem of his garment. And if you're in the pew, if you're online, and it's not you, then you're praying right now. You're not watching. But there's still room at this altar, and there's still more that need to be here. We hope you encountered the presence of God through today's message. We encourage you to subscribe and share this podcast with friends and family. To experience more from Word of Life, you can follow and connect with us through social media 
at Word of Life NM or visit our website at wordoflifechristian.org.